Now, I want to read you just a few verses uh, from the third chapter of the Gospel of John and bring a very short message. There's a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. By the way, I'd like to say in passing what I've said so many times, that's the highest reach of human conception of Almighty God. That's as high as man can go in his natural state. Even the natural man looks around and says there's a God somewhere. Everybody believes there's a God. The fool has said in his heart there's no God. He didn't say it in his head as I've told you before. And every man in this country knows there's a God. Somebody wants me to argue with an agnostic. I never spent one minute arguing with one of them. They want to argue. They're egomaniacs. They are nuts, that's all. They know there's a God. Everybody knows it. And uh, you know that there are certain things that must come from another realm. So this man, an intelligent man, never had been born again, though he's a ruler in Israel, uh, looked around and saw what Jesus Christ was doing. He said, there's something about him that's not characteristic of any other man. Nobody else ever did that. He couldn't do it if God wasn't with him. You know, it's a wonderful thing to accomplish things that even unregenerated people say, well, the Lord must be with them. I remember one time in our board meeting, we had a prominent lawyer on our board. He's dead and gone on to eternity. I, I didn't know it, but when that lawyer came on our board, he had been under the influence of a, a modernistic preacher, though he's a very fine gentleman. And this modernistic preacher had, to some extent, dropped some doubts in his mind. I learned this later after he was elected to the board. One day in our board meeting, sitting there listening to the report and what happened, and somebody said, how do you explain it? And I said, God did it. And I saw tears come to this man's eyes, and he said, that's the only explanation, and choked up and began to cry. That's the only explanation. That's the only explanation of Bob Jones University, I think. There's no human explanation of it. You can't explain this uh, student body here, the distance you came to get here. Humanly. Now, there are men in this country who are not Christian men that look around and say, well, God must somehow be out there. God must be in it. Even unregenerated men sometimes come to that conclusion about Christian program and Christian work. So here was Nicodemus. He was an honest man. He wanted to do right. He was as religious as he understood. So he saw Jesus going around there, opening blind eyes and unstopping deaf ears and uh, chasing leprosy away by touching a leper. And breaking up funerals, and he said, you know, he couldn't do that if God wasn't with him. So he went around to see Jesus, and he said that to him. Now, he seemed to want to matriculate in that school. And Jesus said to him, Verily, verily, I say, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, before he ever matriculated him in the school, he told him he had to be born again. You've got to get an aptitude for this sort of business. Now, I wish to me you knew students. And all you old ones too. We're doing a lot of talk in this country about Christian education. That It's just a lot of talk. It's just hot air. Now there's such thing as religious education. But religious education is not necessarily Christian education. And there's a lot of talk about Christian education. Doesn't mean what, uh, it doesn't mean Christian education. You can't get a Christian education until you first become a Christian. You can get a religious education without being a Christian. But you can't get a Christian education without being a Christian. 
That's the essential thing. That's where you start. Until you are born again, a Christian education for you is absolutely impossible because this Christian business is spiritually designed business. Now, let's understand. Now, I don't mean you shouldn't educate folks along religious lines. I don't mean that at all. Uh, for instance, you can stand up and tell a crowd of unconverted pagans that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and talk to them about it. The gospel announces that Jesus Christ died on the cross, saved sinners, and rose again from the dead the third day, went up into heaven. That's all right. That's the proclamation of the gospel. Now, that's the power of God and the salvation, but no man can apprehend these things that are spiritual until he gets a new birth. That's the reason many people in this country don't understand. That's the explanation of what goes on in this country. Now, wait a minute. You can't know Jesus Christ until you're born again. Nicodemus didn't know him. Nicodemus knew he was uh, unusual and knew he must have power that didn't belong to the men and must come from another world. But Nicodemus himself couldn't understand or explain except God was with him. And he said, well, you never will understand. You never will know. Listen, you young preachers, you don't have to go out in this country and sell Christianity to Christians. I've told each preacher boys, I remember when I was a young fellow started out in the old days, I'd go around the whole revival, just sort of a country boy. And my membership was in the Methodist church. I'd go into town to conduct a meeting in the Methodist church. So a young preacher came, attracted a good deal of attention. And, uh, you know, the Baptists down south had very strong, definite convictions. And when I was a boy, a Baptist was a fellow that believed in salvation by grace and uh, through faith, the atoning blood of Christ, and believed in local self-government with nobody bossed them. They built their whole program on that doctrine. It's not on a machine at the top of them that went around and told the local church what to do. So I'd go in a meeting in town, hold a little community, hold a meeting. Methodist preacher would say, well, I don't know whether the Baptist pastor will cooperate or not, or whether the Presbyterian preacher will get in or not. In the South, they just had Baptist, Methodist, and Presbyterians usually. Sometimes a Christian church and sometimes a small Episcopal church, but usually everywhere would be a Baptist and a Methodist, and not everywhere a Presbyterian because they were in town mostly. And I was in the country good evening. So I'd get up there and start, and the Baptist pastor, maybe with a beard way down to his waist, good old-time fellow, would come in, sit back there and listen. And I'd go to preaching, and he'd look up. Listen to me. I'd keep preaching, and he'd listen to me. I'd get through, and I'd give an invitation. If folks wanted to be saved, come from, they'd come. And if they'd get saved... I'd say, what church are you going to join? Well, my mother's a Baptist. I'd like to go to the Baptist. All right. We'll give your name to the Baptist pastor. What church you want to join? Listen, by the way, I won't tell you Baptists in this country. There isn't a Baptist preacher in the South that's put as many people into the Baptist church as I have. I'd like to make a little note of that and keep it. Just keep that, will you? I'd like to have you Baptists remember that up now in this country. So I said, uh, just write down the name there. All right. This Baptist preacher would come and pull his beard and say, You know, Brother Bob, that's preaching's all right. That's, that's preaching. That's gospel. He said, By the way, how about eating dinner with me today? I go eat dinner with him. Next day, he'd be up at the front, down there dealing with those converts like the rest of them. And I had the support of every Baptist preacher in the South, everywhere I went. Never one that didn't stand by me. 
Never a Presbyterian that didn't stand by me. In this country, uh, when I started 50 years ago, they all believed the Bible. And Jesus Christ meant more to them than ecclesiastical machinery. Back in those days, in those glorious gospel days, any preacher in this country could tell a fellow what to do to be saved and knew how to help him. Back in those days, they stood. Now, that's what the Bible says. They that know God, hear us. They that know God. Now, wait a minute. They that know God, hear us. That's the word of God. What will hear what? Listen, you go talking Jesus Christ to people. Talk the atoning blood of Christ to people. Talk salvation by grace to people. And I don't care who they are if they're saved. They say, that's good music. That's good music. I'll stop on the street corner and listen to that story. I'll tune in on the radio to get that story. I'll take that from the lips of an Episcopal rector, a Presbyterian minister, a Baptist pastor, a Methodist second writer, or anybody else. And every other Christian will too. Listen, don't let these folks that block the gospel disturb you. There isn't a spiritually minded Christian in this country that isn't happy. Because last year, the preacher boys in Bob Jones University led over 50,000 people to Jesus Christ. You mean to tell me that a man loves the gospel? is against that sort of thing? And God pity a man that lifts his hand against him. You better watch out. You remember that sort of thing that went on one time? Somebody said, let these fellows alone. Let them alone. God's with them, you better let them alone. And if God isn't with them, it won't last anyhow. So he got around that. He said to him, he said, now, Nicodemus, it's all right, I, but you don't know anything about it. Say, can't you imagine if Jesus had been a Ph.D. in some school somewhere, teaching Bible, some school, or teaching something else. Somebody come around and said, uh, Dr., you know, I have certainly listened to you, and uh, you must uh, be a teacher. And a teacher from God, can't you imagine if I say, well, thank you. Thank you, Dr. Nicodemus. That's very kind of you, very gracious. I appreciate the compliment. Jesus didn't even take time out to say thank you. Jesus said, say, listen, Nicodemus, what you needs to be born again it would, I'd be wasting my time on you, talking to you. You wouldn't know what I'm saying. You wouldn't understand it. You couldn't grasp it. You can't understand it. Yet they talk about Christian education and educating pagans in this country. You don't make... Listen, listen. Men are not made Christians by education. They are made Christians by the proclamation of the gospel. The gospel's the power of God and the salvation. This, that's the divine order. You get men, Christians, by the proclamation of a message. Don't even have to analyze it. Don't have to explain it. Just proclaim it. Bible doesn't say, now go analyze the gospel, analyze the gospel, analyze the gospel. 
talk to the intellectual people, deal with their heads. You know these fellows that deal with their heads, I've never known them to get anybody converted. You know, I preach to PhDs like I preach to bums. I don't know any difference between a PhD and a bum in a revival meeting. <laughs> I preach to the society world with. It's remember all the clubs and and doesn't like it except in such a nice way. Just like I preach to a woman who comes out of the underworld of infamy. Same thing. Somebody said, they very intellectual. You'll have to give them an intellectual preacher. Now, wait a minute. You want to be an intellectual preacher in the sense you want to be a gentleman. Want to use good English. Don't want to talk about something you don't know anything about. If you don't know anything about it, skip it. Don't talk about it. Don't talk about uh, science unless you know something about it. Lay off of it. But you know, I can't see a bit of difference between my ministry now and the old days. I rode up and down the woods in southeast Alabama all over the country. Back in those days, I did try to use fairly good English. I listened to folks that had used it and tried to get the right word. I missed it sometimes, but tried to get it. I tried to be a gentleman. I always was decent enough to say thank you to somebody. I always was respectful enough to write a letter when I'd leave the town home and thank a woman that stood up and around a hot stove and cooked me something to eat. Now all those things go with the business of living your Christianity. But I went up and down the country and preached just, just like I'm doing now. And old bums would get converted. Nice girls get converted. Bad girls get converted. I went right ahead and I was 21 years old, whole revivals over the country. They say, this is an intellectual age. Shut up. <laughs> There's less real thinking in this country than there ever has been in its history. We don't dare think. If we did, we'd go crazy. So Jesus didn't argue with him. He just made an announcement. He never did argue with him. He asked them some questions sometimes that embarrassed him. He never argued with him. <laughs> Saw a woman not long ago want me to call on her husband and talk him out of his skepticism. You know what he needed? He needed the front seat at a revival meeting with one of my guns turned on <laughs> He needed to be shot full of holes. Had his poor little timid wife thinking, you know, he was all in such doubts. And I knew he was a dirty, rotten drunkard. And a miserable, dirty sinner. Listen, listen. There never is anything in the way of anybody but sin. That's all in the way of a sinner. It's all the matter with it. You don't have any trouble when you want to get right. He said, I can't matriculate you, Brother Nicodemus. You're not ready for matriculation in a Christian school. And I want to say to you folks who have just come in here, 
If any of you not converted, you're not going to be comfortable around Bob Jones University. This is the finest place on earth for a real born-again Christian that wants to do the will of God. But it's the most miserable place on earth for a fellow who wants to be a sinner. But that's the way it's going to be in eternity. People say, you think anybody will go to hell? Why, if a sinner went to heaven, he'd ask to go to hell. If he'd been in heaven a little while, he couldn't stand it. How would you like to be up there in a place where angels walk down the street and every time they pass God Almighty, cover their faces and cry, holy, holy, holy. No cigar store in a corner anyway. Never get a puff off of a cigarette. No necking parties. But some even fundamental young people go. And you don't have your way anymore. For his will is supreme in that heavenly city. Why, you'd want to resign and go to hell. Actually, you'd been there six months. You wouldn't last six months there. You'd be more miserable in heaven than you would in hell. You know, where you are, you, you're miserable anyway if you're not right. You, listen, a sinner has more affinity for hell than he has for heaven. That's the reason folks live in sin now and go to the devil in this world. You can't listen. Christian education, Christian education, we just keep teaching them, maybe we get them. Then they have to call in an evangelist to call mourners and get them. I've had him say, now, you just talk to that fellow, give him a straight, uh, nice talk, argue with him. He is the intellectual type. He's an egomaniac. And when it comes to spiritual matters, he doesn't know anything about it. So Jesus said, Nicodemus, you'll have to be born again. You, you haven't any eyes. You're a poor blind man. Nicodemus, you'll ask question. Are you a teacher in Israel? <laughs> poor blind guide leading blind people. Both of you are going to fall in it. Then he went on and told him how he could get it. As Moses lifted up the serpent with us, you can look on Jesus Christ and be saved. I don't save you as a teacher, I save you as a savior. Who came to die for? Now I want this next semester, we're just now entering, I want Bob Jones University to be a real Christian school. In science, I want them to see God. And they can't see God in science if they're not spiritual. When they study history in this school, we want them to see God. Maybe walking down the highway of time, leaving tracks of judgment on nations and forgotten. And when they sing a classical song, we want them to understand that all discord comes from sin. We want this institution to have a spiritual understanding slant on everything. 
And you can't have it if you're not right. I told this crowd about a woman that wanted to teach in this school. There was a man who wanted to teach him. And he said to me, you know, I don't exactly believe like your creed says, but I can, I'll adjust myself and fit in. Can you imagine that? The most miserable person on earth is somebody trying to fit here. You can't fit unless you fit. And if you're going to fit, you've got to have a right relation to Jesus Christ. Then you can get Christian education. You can't understand the devil if you're not a Christian. He'll deceive you. I'm going to talk to you about the devil sometime. I'm going to try to put a lot of stuff out here this semester. If I can have the strength and be at home enough to do it. I want you to get acquainted with the devil. You, you've met him, but you don't know him. He fools you. I want you to know what kind of character he is. You can't know if you're not a Christian. That little expression, we're not ignorant of his devices, is addressed to those that know God Almighty and the saving grace of God. You can't know the devil and his devices unless you're a Christian. Won't you know about the Holy Spirit? You can't know about the Holy Spirit if you're not a Christian. Well, do you know about the blood atonement? You can understand Jesus died for you and trust him to save. But the apprehension, real apprehension, comes as a result of the work of the Holy Spirit. Now, let's see here. We have a Christian school. This, we don't take students here to reform them. Let them go to the reformatory. Let the chaplain preach to them and get them converted. If you happen to come here and not right, we'll help you get right. The purpose of this school is not to take them and uh, condone them and compromise with them. You just well understand it to start with. You'll have the happiest time you ever had in your life if you'll get right six inches below the collarbone on the left side. Think I know something about places? I'd rather be right here on this campus than any place in the world. And I work hard here and I do any place on earth. Sometimes the strain is just almost all that anybody around you can stand. These teachers have everything that moral can live up on. The executives of this school, everybody around here. There isn't anybody connected to this organization. Doesn't have a load that's just crushing. I don't care where I go, no place like this. Because this is one place that never sidetracks the gospel train. We try to make no provision for the flesh. We don't have any smoking room, not even for girls. Somebody may go to hell here, but school sure won't, won't encourage them in it. We'll make no provision for them to go to hell. Somebody may go astray here. Judas is lived with Jesus Christ for three years, ate with him, slept with him, traveled with him, saw his miracles. And Judas Iscariot wound up a dirty double-crosser. But Jesus wasn't to blame. I want Bob Jones University to always be the sort of school that a fellow goes to hell nobody can blame the school for. If anybody becomes a modernist, school's not going to be blamed. If any girl ever has the flowers of purity to fade in her cheek and the luster of purity go out of her eyes, Bob Jones University's not going to be blamed. 
We're going to keep it Christian. And you can't fit in unless you have it too. Except a man be born again, he can't get a Christian education. He can get a religious education. He can actually get up in the pulpit and preach what's in the Bible, but he doesn't apprehend. He doesn't understand. I hope you are born again. If not, I hope before you sleep tonight, before this day is over, your roommate can tell you what to do to be saved. If you've got a roommate can't tell you what to do to be saved, we'd like to talk to that roommate. If you've come into the room with somebody in this school that can't tell you what to do to be saved, then we have, we've failed with that roommate of yours. These students here can tell any sinner anywhere in the country what to do to be saved. So if you're not saved, don't you even wait till tonight. You'll come clean with God and get ready to fit in. What do you say? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Our Father, we thank Thee that Thou hast helped us in all the critical moments of the history of this school to stand firm on the position we've taken here this morning. That flag we've never lowered from the day we started. Sometimes we haven't done what we should have done and haven't been what we should have been. And we've been weak sometimes because we've been human and impulsive. But we call thee to witness today to the fact that officially this school has from the day it started till this moment honored thy son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And you said, Jesus, if we would honor you, God would honor us. And thou hast kept that promise in the history of this institution. We thank thee for the honor thou hast given the school. The ministers of the gospel have gone out to the ends of the earth. The missionaries. For the wonderful women who are today rearing families in America. Christian women. That got their whole slant here in school. For the school teachers. For everything God's done for us. How we praise it. Keep us faithful and true. May we never waver. May this school never waver. And help us, instead of wavering, to get a new grip on God this semester stronger than we've ever had before. And may the semester ahead of us be the most victorious we've ever known. We pray in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen.